This podcast is part of the OIW Podcasting Network. How is everybody doing out there? This is Gilmy again, and on the line here, I have a guest right now that I have wanted on my podcast since day one. I have the notorious TID, Chris Tidwell, coming on the on the show. I am super, super excited about well, about this one, guys. So, how's it? Hey, Ted, how's it? How's the day going, man? It is. Uh, the sun is out, so you know uh, we're this side of the dirt. It's a fantastic day. I mean, we make the best of everything. Um, but I'm just happy that we've got some warm weather and some sun, and I get to enjoy the outdoors. I got a fantastic backyard that I usually don't get to see very much um, because, especially you know, with with travel and always being gone from home for for wrestling and and, and other wrestling things. Uh, it's it's kind of weird. I've actually noticed things around my house that I you know never noticed, and I've lived in this place in this place for 14 years now. So it's just <laughs> I don't spend a, a lot of time here. It's weird. <laughs> you know what? This morning I was actually out at uh, Home Home Air Depot. I was I brave the lines. Yes, guys, I wear the masks. I do the safety thing. I yell at people to get the fuck away from me. <laughs> <laughs> Because uh, I was doing that, I was doing that before all this COVID stuff started. Oh, Not yeah. so much wearing the masks, but yelling at people to get away from me, and 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 you know when I go out into public places and stuff like that. Listen, you talk about Home Depot. I just I did a thing uh, just to try it. I was like, okay, let me see what this online ordering is like for Home Depot because I spend a lot of time you know in and out of places like that when when I can. And obviously, with me being at home now, I've got a lot of things on my plate that I got to get done, but. I don't generally like being around a bunch of humans like that. It's different inside of a wrestling show, the wrestling community, the fans, the people, the wrestlers themselves, that's completely different. But being out with civilians, I'm not a big fan of time, so I don't go there. So I said to myself, I said, okay, let's try this online ordering thing. Let's see how that works. And we've all we've all shopped on Amazon. We've all done that thing, you know, but it's different when you gotta get it from a store that's that's local. You know what I mean? You got to get it from a place that you're all just easily just walk in, get what you need, and walk out. It's completely different. So I did it. I uh, just ordered up a couple of things that I needed around my house. Four days later, I was able to go and pick it up. You know, curbside pickup, and 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 I'm fine with that. You know what I mean? The less people I get to actually see uh, during a day, especially on a day off for me, the better. You know what I mean? Like I do not really care i'm i'd much prefer to just be able to in the background put on a good you know kung fu movie you know a good shaw brothers movie or a good old wrestling match or something like that go about doing my thing you know even i spend so much time watching them on my phone because i'm always always on the road i'm always on the go i'm always doing something between wrestling myself and our 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 ring rental stuff through you know through crossbody pro wrestling academy and that right and with rock solid wrestling like it's 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 crazy. So I was very happy with the curbside pickup. And, you know, I just got to sat there in my truck and 
somebody brought my stuff and they put it in for me and I got to pull away. Boom. Easy peasy. So it was good. Was Home Depot busy when you went in there? Um, it wasn't so – okay, I'm an early morning guy. So right. I'm, I'm up 6, 6.30 for me as a late start. So me me and the uh, the lovely wife went there and we went to the garden center. I needed a couple concrete slabs just to raise uh, got a new canopy and it's a little off off center so we're just going to get a, a concrete slab for the one corner. Actually picked up 5. Um in and out uh to the garden center took us 5 minutes for the main store. Nice. For the main store it was about 20 and my wife said, "Okay, you go sit sit in in the van, relax. I'll deal with the people." <laughs> Cause I have realized I don't have a filter anymore when I'm out in public. Like a couple months ago, yeah, I would wait. I would be the nice, polite guy. I'm the nice guy. I have the reputation as being 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 a nice guy. But now. I don't want people fucking near me. I don't. I, I want them to stay there six feet away. Just follow the rules, man. That's it. If you're not wearing a mask, stay a little bit back. It's okay. You don't have to reach over me to grab shit in the uh, in the uh, store. One. Exactly. I'm I'm a pretty big dude. I'm I'm six foot two, and well over well over two bills. Uh, with the quarantine, I'm getting bigger and bigger by the by the by the a day. But why would you want to reach over a big, a big, a big guy you don't know, man? Like you're, you're what, six six? I am uh, six four, six, six four? five, depends, you know, six oh, yeah. six in my boots probably. Okay. The old, uh, the old Peter Smith, uh, you know, routine. Uh, you throw something in there, makes you a little bit taller. Everybody's an inch taller in wrestling. I don't know if you know that or not. Everybody's an inch taller <laughs> and at least ten pounds heavier oh, in yeah. wrestling. So, um, yeah, no, I. Trust me, dude. I get it. And and you talk about you talk about how you you know you were you you got you got the freedom to go sit in your van. You know your wife was going to deal with everything there and that. I, this is this is something that it, it's a very it's a very Canadian thing I've noticed because I'll go out. You know, uh, uh, my wife and I will go do some shopping when we need to because you know food needs to be brought into the house. Uh, we'll go out there and when we pull into the parking lot, I'll see it. I'll see all these dudes just sitting in their vehicle in the parking lot when clearly their wives were in the store doing it. And I was like, wow, that's that's the dream right there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, here's the thing. I have – all right. I've, I've been with uh, Catherine for about 20 years now. Yep. And she is my partner for life, love it or death. Any crazy idea I come up with, she's behind me I, well, well, 100%. Um, will she give me shit about some of them? Yes, but <laughs> my heart's set on it. She'll go, go, go do it. She knows I'm just really stressed out at work, and she's just like, okay, take, I'll be gone half hour, and you right. just sit, read, we'll relax, and it's the taking care care of uh, each other. I well, I think because it's 100 percent the best thing you can ever do in life. Yeah. Trust me, I I you know much like yourself, I've been with I've been with my wife. Um, Kelly for, you know, 20 years now, we've been together. We've been, uh, we've been married for, you know, uh, poof, a lot 
of them. I'm not even going to count right now because I can't, and I'm glad that she doesn't listen to this stuff because <laughs> she'd be punching me in the face right now if she, if oh, she yeah, did. Oh, yeah, <laughs> This is why I have uh, reminders in the phone. You find that when you find that person, you know that you can you can you can have that bond and you can have that tie with, like it's it's a special thing. You know what I mean? I spent the first the first thirty years, you know, of my life just chasing tail and and putting notches in the bedpost, so to speak, and doing whatever I wanted and running around hell. Let's be honest. I am a guy who lives in another country right now. Being an American, it's not just a gimmick. I am actually an American, and I do actually live in Canada. And the reason being is because I was was asked nicely um, by a member of the courts, a judge, uh, to not live in the city that I lived in anymore. Uh, basically, I got kicked the fuck out. Uh, so when I came to Canada for a reason, you know, my mother was already, she had already uh, married somebody and was living in Canada. I said, hey, you want me to come up for a visit? She was like, absolutely. When? I said, uh, how's tomorrow? She's <laughs> like, sure. I said, cool. Here's a caveat to that. Can you pick me up? Can you pick me up in, in, in Buffalo so that, you know, it's easier just to drive across the border? She's like, absolutely. I said, great. Because I didn't want to have any houses getting into the country as, you know, an 18-year-old, uh, a recent 18-year-old who got into a shit ton of trouble. Um, I came up here. People were completely different. The lifestyle is completely different from what I was used to. But I managed to find, you know, the, the one commonality across the board, dude, is that that – that human nature and humans are the same no matter what country you live in or come from. They're all looking for something, and it's either companionship or just straight-up sex. And for the first 30 years of my life, I mean, probably 20 because puberty, but that's all I was looking for was that. And then I met the person that I'm with now, and everything was just perfect. Everything clicked, and this is the person that I wanted to be with. She knew what I was already doing before we got together. She knew about me being a wrestler. She knew about me running security company stuff. She knew about my past, and she knew about my exploits, if you will. And that was cool. She still accepted me for me, and that's what made the two of us, you know, get along so great. So when you find somebody, especially if somebody that you've been with for 20 years like that, man, cherish every second you got because clearly that means one of two things. It either means that you're doing something right or she has really good medication to put up with your sorry ass. <laughs> well... <laughs> Uh, since we live in, in Canada, since something became legal, we're both big fans of it now. Because, <laughs> <laughs> because it's fun, yes. man. We get the giggles and we cuddle and just, that's pretty much it. We just, we just have it. Well, yeah, we have, uh, well, a little smoky smoke be, be, before, uh, before bed and that's it. That's amazing. Good for you, man. Oh yeah. But. And but the her only rule was had 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 to be legal because uh, I couldn't. How should I put this ni- nicely? I I got four kids. That's it. Sure. I yeah. I, you can't jeopardize the well-being and the welfare of somebody else doing things that are illegal. Yeah. So you know what I mean. So either either you have a license to to do it, or it becomes a legal thing across the board. One hundred percent. Yeah, I get it. Oh yeah, and that's, that's what you call—that's what you call adulting, bro. <laughs> that's, 
responsible adult, so, you know, good oh, yeah. for you. Hey, man. Uh, I've been adulting for a long, long time yet, time yet, time now. And, yeah, didn't ex, didn't expect to go into marriage, mar, marriage talk, talk with, uh, Ted. <laughs> All right. Well, first, uh, first question, and I, yeah. I sent a, well, a couple, couple people, they're like, hey, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm getting Ted on the, uh, show. Any uh, questions? Oh my God, yes. <laughs> Uh, but first one, what was the spark that got you interested in, in, in wrestling at, at the, at the very beginning? So at the very beginning, like I am, I am a Las Vegas boy, born and bred. I mean, that's where, you know, that's, uh, and, and, and to even further the point, actually North Las Vegas, um, not exactly the nice part of Las Vegas, if you will, but, uh, that's where I'm from. And growing up in Las Vegas and, and, and moving around as much as we did, one thing that always brought me back that I loved about being in Vegas was that there was this place called the Showboat Hotel and Casino. And it's no longer around anymore, but uh, um, they used to do uh, their biweekly live shows for the AWA were filmed there. Um, and it was on every Saturday. So Saturday, you know, Saturday I could sit in front of the TV and I could watch AWA wrestling. Then I could watch, uh, uh, roller derby, you know, with like the LA Thunderbirds and skinny mini Miller and all the rest of them, you know, and, and then the Benny Hill show. So as a kid, that's fantastic. You got some violence, you got some roller skating with violence, and then you got the possibility of seeing some boobies on the Benny Hill show. So, you know, that's really where I started and it was AWA that got me into it. So, you know, a, a, a lot. And then I was at a live event one time and, you know, a lot of other people have said this before, like the old Jimmy Snooker story. You know what I mean? But for me, it, it exactly was that. I can remember I can remember sitting there at the showboat at the show uh, when he was feuding with uh, Colonel De Beers. And uh, he was having another match, and De Beers comes out and does a run-in. And during the run-in, he grabs Snooker, beats him up, throws him to the outside, peels back the padding on the outside, and then gives him, you know, gives him the fucking kabuki crunch right on the concrete floor jimmy's busted all wide open bleeding all over the place the the, the the stretcher comes out and they wheel him out and as i was sitting there and i'm looking i'm like holy crap this is this is incredible spectacle and i can't believe this is going on but my mind started looking out into the crowd and it was the crowd and the and the fixation that the crowd had on this act of violence that was going on in front of them but even though there was an act of violence you know as well as i do that in 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 real life that isn't theater when there's an act of violence you do one of two things you either try to intervene or you try to stay as far away from it as possible the crowd at this wrestling show when i was a kid did neither of those things they just stayed right where they were and either booed or applauded and it was really bizarre to me it was like that, that people could be so transfixed with this, but still being able to understand they're watching a theater. And in doing so, I was like, wow, that is really cool. Those two guys, two guys inside of a, inside of a building with a few thousand people have these people in the palm of their hand and they're not doing anything. They're not singing and dancing. They're not 
you know, they're not uh, uh, acting out a movie. They're just telling a story through physical action. And I didn't know what that was as a kid, but I did know that I wanted to know more about it. So realistically, the short form of it was, uh, yeah, AWA, Showboat Hotel, man, back in the uh, back in the early '80s in Las Vegas. It was it was a great time to be alive. I don't know if you're familiar with who they had at the time, but I, like I said, Jimmy Snuka, Colonel of Beers, uh, 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 Hogan, uh, Bundy, uh, the Midnight Rockers, uh, the Rock and Roll Express. Rock and roll bucks him up. Apparently, rock and roll was a great big thing back then for everybody. You know, you had to have rock and roll attached to your name somehow. Um, those were all the guys that I grew up getting to see live on a weekly basis. And then that got me into, you know, well, wait a second. This is just this one thing. What about this other thing? And then we had this other TV channel that used to every once in a while air um, Portland, uh, Washington, wrestling out of there, which was guys like, Iceman King Parsons and Billy Jack Haynes and Leapin' Lanny Poffo and, and, and you know, um, uh, Hacksaw uh, uh, Buzz Sawyer, you know, um, guys like that. And then I was like, wow, this is really cool. And then I got into, you know, that brought me over watching like world-class championship wrestling, the, the stuff down in Texas, you know, with the Von Erics and the Freebeards and, 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 uh, uh, who else did you have? You had the missing link down there. Like you had Gary Davis down there as a man. Like it was, it was unbelievable. And I noticed all of these characters and all of these different things doing so much stuff. And that was what, you know, that's what got me into pro wrestling, man. And it's been a, it's been a thing ever since I wanted to know more and more, uh, as much as I possibly could about it. And first, I love asking every wrestler this one. First day sure. training. Like, I've only taken one bump in my life, and I knocked my, my ass out because they didn't tell me anything because it was uh, about 98, 9, 99, and these guys, I, I was a young kid. I had no idea. Uh, business has, has definitely changed over the over 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 the years but how is how do you do you actually remember first day uh, uh, training vaguely um, much like yourself so when I when I showed up for my first day for my first day of training um, first thing I noticed when I, and I came from a background I came from a from a martial arts background and and an actual you know actual fist fighting and, and street fights and just being an overall pain in the ass human being. But I, I had a very extensive, all right, so I'll pick it up where I, so when I started off and I first got into the ring, I, I wanted, I wanted to make an impression. I had a, I had a, a basic knowledge of the things that these guys were doing. Um, and I already knew how to break fall from being in martial martial arts and, and, and doing what I do. So when they were like, you know how to take a bump, I know how to fall. Okay, well, and they showed me, you know, this is how we do it in wrestling. No problem. So rather than, you know, rather than just doing what I do now, when I teach basics to my guys, I was just, you know, go ahead. If you think you got it, go ahead. And I literally, I jumped up as high as I possibly could and I came straight back down high on the back of my neck 
and did not tuck my chin tight enough. And I, much like yourself, I knocked myself out cold. Boom. Done. Yep. And I was, I was woken up. I was like, huh. First thing I said was, did I piss myself? Because I know what it's like when you can get knocked out. That might happen. <laughs> Thankfully, I did not. Uh, I got back up. I sat down for a few minutes. And, but it's like, you okay? And I'm like, yeah. I'm good. Let's do this. You know, so it wasn't if, if I was very much of the a mindset that if it if it didn't, if it isn't going to kill me, then I'm going to figure this stuff out. Awesome. And I was hooked. I was already hooked before I even showed up to training. So I knew that, that not training wasn't going to be an option for me. Oh, yeah. Right. For me, I was a kid and I just, ah, well, I like wrestling. I'll give it a shot. I'm a pretty, a pretty big guy. No, no, <laughs> not for not for Gilmy in any way, shape, or form. I love watching, <laughs> but I took one, and uh, I don't really recall to this day how I got home. Good for you. Yep. It, yeah, and you know what? There's, there's absolutely listen. Like I like I say to people all the time, you know, if it was easy, everybody would do it. Oh, yeah, and it was uh, one of those, I know myself, and yeah, nope. <laughs> I, I, I played basketball, I played hockey growing up, and uh, did judo growing up, Goju Ryu from Don, Don Warner's, uh, more of the power-based style, so I thought, wrestling, okay, I can, I can probably, prob probably do this. And since that day, I have a total respect for anyone who who gives it a well, a shot because I could not. <laughs> but you did. You did give it a shot. You just realized that it wasn't that that, that part of the business wasn't for you. That's right. a lot more than a lot of people could say. You know what I mean? There's a lot of people out there that chirp pro wrestlers and they chirp pro wrestling all the time, mm -hmm. but they've never they've never been through you know even even stepping foot inside of a ring, you know. And then you've got people right. that, that 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 have stepped inside of the ring and then they still continue to chirp pro wrestlers and chirp pro wrestling fans and everything like that. Yeah. <laughs> I got no time for you though. Oh man, I'm a I like to think of myself as a positive guy. Promote what you love. If you don't like something, who gives a shit? Shut the fuck up. <laughs> That's pretty much it. Exactly. Just because it, it ain't for you, just because it ain't for you, it doesn't mean that it ain't for the person next to you. So oh. why shit on their parade, right? Oh, exactly. I don't know. I just hate uh, people who do the online, online whining, whine, whining, whining thing. But somebody did ask. Uh, mm -hmm. What part did you did you take in? Bringing down the Ontario Athletic Commission. <laughs> that's uh, that's 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 the big question that uh, I don't really talk about too much, because okay. um, it was never really it was never really my place to talk about it. It was never really it was never really done for the intent of of having. Uh, it, uh, having the ability to be braggadocious about it afterwards. Okay. You know what I mean? Uh, yep. So, I mean, the commission's been gone for quite some time. There's yep. no doubt about that. Sorry. Um, I I was approached uh, by a gentleman um, 
that I know a friend of mine uh, named Marty Goldstein. Um, Martin Bordinsky is his real name. And he was commissioned by the Manitoba government um, to do a study. They were having a, a problem there um, to, uh, where, where somebody had gotten injured at a show. Um, it became a huge commission issue, and they had commissioned him to do a study on whether or not the Athletics Commission needs to be associated with pro wrestling or if pro wrestling has the ability to govern themselves. So he had contacted me, um, you know, just to, to come on board with him and help him out with my knowledge and being in another province, the biggest province, and being able to kind of give him some insight as to how we do things here. Uh, the funny thing is, is he and I actually met in BC and he was through wrestling and then now he's doing a study in Manitoba and I'm back living in Ontario. And so this whole thing just kind of became, you know, a, a country, uh, a cross country affair, so to speak. So I would give him, you know, my, my experiences with the Ontario Athletics Commission uh, who I had already been dealing with a lot at this point. Um, the the uh, commissioner at the time was a gentleman by the name of Ken Hayashi. Um, he is no longer the athletics commissioner. It's kind of a weird thing. The commission is, is the athletics commissioner is not. It's a it's a government uh, position that is not voted in. So until the commissioner decides or is forcibly taken out of that position, once he becomes that commissioner, he's the commissioner for as long as he really wants to be. Ken was always a guy who came from the world of, of karate. He was a karate guy. He's a martial arts guy. He did not understand nor care to even want to understand what professional wrestling was. So, but he knew that it was a governed thing for him. So basically for him, it was just a matter of if you run a show in this city, you pay this much to run it. If you run a show with less than that amount of people in population, you pay a different fee to run it. Every single wrestler who wants to participate in a wrestling show, it didn't matter if you were trained, who trained you, or how long you've been working for. It did none of this mattered to him. All you had to do was send in your $75 a year, and he would send you back a license that says you're okay to be on this show. He would sometimes even call me and say, hey, such and such show is running. What do you know about it? What do you know about the people on it? And I would tell Ken straight up because there was there was some there was some. So um, where was I at? Where was uh, I at? Oh, so the yeah. only reason that the commission was as tight in Ontario and is because the amount of money that the commission would bring in from the WWF at the time. Oh yeah. Later the WWE. Um, Ontario and Toronto more specifically was set up for an office for WWE to run their Canadian uh, business out of. Uh, so the commission made a lot of money off of them. So if you're going to have, the, if you're going to want the ability to make that kind of money off of them, then you need to govern all of wrestling. And that, that included in indie wrestling. 
and that include that is basically the equivalency as the equivalency of, of, of having the same rules and taxes in place uh, the difference between say like a Walmart and a small one-person mom-and-pop run shop you know in your local downtown small city you know what I mean yeah yeah, like a, a, con, a con, convenience store or something, something like that. Exactly. It's not, it's not equatable. It's just not equatable. And they tried to make it equatable based on the fact that that was another thing with the commission was you had, so you had to pay your fee for the city you ran it. You had to make sure that all of your wrestlers were licensed. And then you had to pay a gate tax. So depending on how many people you drew, you had to pay X amount of dollars, all of them, back to the commission. So the commission was making great money off of things like you know the WWF running here. But in doing so, their, their, their policies were just strangling uh, independent workers and companies in doing so. So fast forward to when Marty, you know, uh, we did this with... I did this uh, survey thing, this uh, study uh, for the mandatory government, and basically we established, you know, the reasons why the um, the business of professional wrestling does have the ability to govern itself. Um, we were able to do so, and they no longer looked at pro wrestling as something that they needed to be a part of. So it had already, so in doing so, and once you establish that kind of precedent, um, then it makes it much easier to, to do that across the board of Canada. And the next step for us was obviously being able to get it done in Ontario. Before we were ever, you know, once we got the, the study, uh, the Ontario Athletics Commission was like, well, I guess we're done here. And they just stopped overlooking wrestling because they knew what was headed their way, um, thankfully, you know, and they just concentrated more on that they had this thing coming up called, you know, mixed martial arts uh, that they were concentrating on uh, because, like I said, the commissioner was a very, a very big karate guy uh, and he wanted to have his focus on that. So it made it really easy for us, you know. Uh, in my opinion, some would say it was much harder, but it made it really easy for us to be able to go in there. The timing was right. Everything worked out perfectly. Uh, and I'm just glad that I had a crew with me that was very, very smart and persistent in making sure business wrestling uh, were okay with being ourselves. Now, if you ask me if we've been able to do so since then, uh, I will lie and say yes, but the truth of the matter is um, indie wrestling for a while, in Ontario especially, uh, became very, very horrible for a bit there uh, because everybody thought that it was just free reign and the doors were open and that uh, they were going to have the ability to bring everything that they did from the backyard into a building uh, in front of people. Uh, they couldn't have been further from the truth uh, because there, you know, it, it was very dependent upon the veterans of the business to then go through and say, "Hey, you're an asshole. You're not running. You're bad for the business. Get the fuck out." And that's what we did. Awesome. Because 
I've been to some indie shows which were amazing, fantastic, and I've been to some where I'm just like, who are these guys? What's going on? Like just people, people. Hey, there's a show going on in uh, Hamilton. Why, why do I go? Sure, I have no idea what's going on, and I'm just. I've been a fan since uh, WrestleMania 3, so I, I know what wrestling's supposed to look like, and I know it's it can be in it can be interpreted in different ways. There's different styles. There's different this, but if you know what you're looking at, you can tell a guy who's been been pro- properly trained versus a guy who just literally walked kind of walked in. But that might be that might be just you though, dude. That can tell that you oh, know because yeah. for the most part. For the most part, when people see the poster and people see the, the, the show, they just look at it as pro wrestling. Nobody's going, oh, well, that's cross-body pro wrestling or that's WWE wrestling or that's Alpha One wrestling or that's AEW. You know, they don't – they just look at it and they say it's pro wrestling. Yeah. Right? So when you get – when you – when you get guys out there and they go out and they put such a shitty sour taste in the fans' mouths, the next time they see a poster up for pro wrestling, it could be the greatest fucking show on earth. They're not going to go and check it out because, you know, a couple of dipshits went and ruined it for them a couple of months prior. Oh, yeah. And that's what we ran into. Yeah, because that is uh, – because I am a huge wrestling fan. You want to call me a mark or whatever, I don't care. But I know what uh, the casual fans are not where they were where they used to be 20 years ago. Um, because when I first started going to indie indie wrestling shows, there were always a couple hundred people there. And some of these shows shows right. are getting like 50, 75 people, and it just I don't know. Don't I? I I don't know why. Because because there's, because there's been years. There's been years of people, like I just said. There's been years of people just going through and running really bad product. Uh, that that number one spoils the fans on their experience. Uh, number two, um, uh, um, um. They've been they've been burning uh, potential sponsors and and sponsors that they may have. So sponsors aren't getting on board uh, with a lot of them. Um, you know, uh, burn bridges with the wrestlers. So you're not going to get your top tier talent guys because they're not going to work for someone who's putting shit show. So but then these guys still charge forward and they're going to put something on and then they wonder why there's only you know X amount of people. You yourself, you know about these shows because you're a super fan. You're yeah. a fan who follows wrestling religiously. Listen, pro wrestling already has you. They already ha- they know you're going to go. It's a local thing. You're going to go. That's it. The power of promotion is not getting to come to your show. The power of promotion is getting non-wrestling fans to come and give wrestling a try and then your ability to put that show on gives them a reason to come back a second time. You make a fan. That's what you should be doing as a promoter. Whereas a lot of the times, a lot of the indie promoters, they're not they're not doing it to make to create wrestling fans. They're doing it to create fatter pockets. They think. Okay. 
Yeah, because I I don't know the promotion side. I've done one thing in my life, and that's most likely all all I'm all I'm doing. And I got really really lucky with, the, with, with a lot of it. Um, when I interview promoters, the biggest thing they they all have said is getting new fans, because just getting the show bigger and bigger and uh, better. Yeah, well, and, and that's just it. That's that's really what you've got to do. And I mean, don't sell yourself short. I was at that uh, uh, at that uh, fundraiser that you did for a fantastic cause, I must say. Yep. Um, and never sell yourself short on what you accomplished there because you 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 had a goal, and you you know superseded that goal. So in in my opinion, and you know, actually matters. You did great. Ever sell yourself short on that? Thank um, you. And you know, I I I, uh, I I fully remember you running around like a chicken with your head cut off all day long. <laughs> um, I can only imagine how many uh, how many uh, shirts you went through, sweating your you know life away. Oh yeah. Um, but <laughs> yeah. it was it was it was great. It was a fun event from what I saw. Yeah. You know. Oh yeah. And I'm not the. I've got a couple a couple people asking, oh, when's the next one? I'm like, I'm good. <laughs> I don't know. It's... This is what this is what you tell them. This is what you tell them. Yeah. You'll be the fourth. You'll be the fourth person to know. Oh yeah. <laughs> first person. First person is always going to be your 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 partner, your spouse, or whatever whatever the case may be. Yeah. Uh, the 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 second person to know is going to be the people who venue the chief third person to know is going to be the person that makes your your posters and your print work and then everybody else after that is as soon as it starts getting to advertise that's the fourth person so oh, yeah. you just tell people man you'll be the fourth person to know oh yeah because um i want to do 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 another one I think London is a town that needs more wrestling. Like and I really really do because they have fans. They have fans here. Like uh the wrestling nerds, the scumbag guys, the there are some really hardcore fans in this uh, in in this uh, city and for my event they all came out. And to all those guys, thank you. Yeah. London has always been London, Ontario, Canada has always been a, a fantastic city to run, and it kind of you know London kind of embodies everything that I talked about already with you know with wrestling and promotions and 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 and, and the commission and, and promoters and everything like that because you know back 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 in the day you had you know the big guys that would come through and whatnot. And then when indie wrestling was really blown up, you had um, what was it? Uh, HWF, I believe it was. Yeah, yeah. Was running out of London and in the area, and that was a guy um, uh, who later, you know, turned into a uh, incredible piece of shit. Um, but when he first started, he had all of the best intentions. 
um, I'd like to believe. Uh, he had a bunch of guys come out. He was putting everybody up in hotels. Everybody was doing a ton of promotional stuff to help the shows. He had sponsors like, you know, Molson or Labatt, one of the big beer companies, stuff like that. He had big sponsors that were putting in big money so that he could have bigger names. And then a lot of the local guys were going to get the rub off of being on these shows. And I think, oh, he was drawing, you know, area over 1,000, 1,500, 2,000 people when, when he was running shows. And then over time, I think the business, you know, the, the business got to him uh, and he really turned into a different human being uh, that pretty much burned that city for the longest time. Um, you know, and then wasn't until like recently in itself that, you know, some companies uh, have been able to go back there. I know that, you know, one of the, one of the first companies to go back there, uh, one of the reasons that they went, they were able to get into London, I believe it was a company called Smash. Uh, um, and they were one of the, you know, as far as I know, one of the, one of the first indie companies to end up back in London running after the whole HWF and Mark Anderson was the promoter's name after his, you know, bullshit burning of the city. Um, one of the reasons they were able to do that was of my partner, Ben Ortman's and his ties in London, uh, with the people that he knew and was able to get the club for them to do their show in. So if you've got, you know, decent people doing decent things for other people, then yeah, it's a fantastic city to run wrestling in. Um, and if you just try to go in there, you know, and shit all over it, uh, and try to take advantage of it and not, not, uh, not work your garden, so to speak. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. If you just keep taking from the garden and not replenishing it, uh, then you know you're you're going to see how a town gets burned very quickly. Um, and and London, like I said, London used to be fantastic. And you know who, who knows? Maybe uh, maybe maybe you can make London great again. Oh yeah. No, because I one thing about London, it's a last minute. Sit ticket sale town like um you will like i learned this from uh ethan ethan's fight uh i had about 40 percent tickets sold up until the last three days and then i sold the last 60 percent in three days that's amazing good for you yeah that's why i kind of was sweating and (laughs) running around like crazy because i wanted to make sure everybody had a well a good time and that's it. Yeah, I loved London. I, I always liked wrestling in London. Uh, I, I Not so much now that I'm older, but when I was younger, it was great. When right. I'm older and I go back to London, it kind of scares me because I always feel like there's a possibility of running into a child that might be mine. <laughs> that's, that's the kind of city I remember London being. Oh, God, that's great. Sorry, man. Uh, and another question I have: Do you have any yes. stories from the Real Action Wrestling Maritime tours? <laughs> oh wow! Uh, <laughs> yes, I do. Okay. Um, there's a lot of stories. You know what? That that first initial crew uh, that was that was put together when they decided to start running wrestling again out in the Maritimes was that was a very special time in itself too because. 
you you had the Maritimes were run by um, uh, by by Grand Grand Prix Wrestling and uh, and and the Duprés for you know years and years and years and nobody nobody you cannot run in the Maritimes you know what I mean Um, and these guys hooked up um, with this promoter the guys that hooked up with him was uh, Peter Smith Kingman uh, is his name um, and uh, Cowboy Mark Hughes um, is the other guy. Uh, they hooked up with a uh, a local carnival promoter who was had a lot of connections and was going to put together some wrestling stuff and, and do tours. And so we were brought out there to you know kind of be some some more talent, some outside talent for it. And and in doing so, we managed to meet some fantastic people that I'm you know I still consider my friends to this day. Um, stories from out there. There's probably too few or too many to, you know, to, to, to mention, uh, as some of which, of which will never, ever, ever, ever get mentioned by me, um, because it's not my book to tell and oh, yeah. I don't ever, uh, want to throw anybody under the bus like that. Um, but I can, you know, I can stories from the Maritimes. So let's see. I can remember one time. So I took a crew of guys out there, uh, with me. Um, some local Ontario guys from back in the day. I think it was, you know, like myself. Um, I think I had uh, Lartiste, um, who was out there with us, who was doing. I think it was. I think he was doing the Lartiste thing. Yeah, he wasn't doing the Phil Lacio thing. Um, I had uh, the Hunks, uh, Jamie, uh, God rest his soul, uh, Jackson, and uh, Custom Made Man were out there with me. I had JQ Public out with us. And I can remember one time, we had been, oh, an Autobahn, God rest his soul too, uh, our resident driver. And if you've ever taken a drive, if you've ever taken a drive out to the Maritimes, and you know how far it is out to Charlottetown, PEI, uh, from the Toronto area, it's typically, you know, if you go up and around, and it's about 20 hours, 21 hours, about the same distance to get down to like, you know, northern part of Florida. It's a long freaking drive. And you've got to drive up and around, like through Quebec, and Brunswick, and blah blah blah, and all of this crap. And it's it's just long and it's tedious. And and but thankfully you're in a vehicle with you know some of your best friends, and you're having a good time. You go out there, you do the tour, and then it's time to go home on that last day. And and you know you want to hit the road. So we hit the road coming back from from PEI. It must have been around 11, eh, about 11 o'clock at night. And uh, my buddy Otto, Pete, we always had him as the driver. Because if you ever had to get someplace uh, within five minutes, he would get you there. Uh, Even if that place was North Carolina, he would get you there in five minutes. (laughs) That's how incredible of a driver this guy was. Uh, And this time was no different. So I can remember we were cruising along. It's now probably about 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning, and everybody's asleep in the van except for Pete, who's driving. And uh, all of a sudden, I feel the entire van shift, and everybody goes rolling to the side. And I wake up as fast as I can because I thought we were tipping. We were actually on two wheels um, and still on the road, 
no problems there. I look up, I see Pete, he's driving. I go, you okay? He goes, yep. I look at the speedometer. The speedometer is buried and he's going around a turn. I said, all right, where are we at? He goes, uh, we're just getting to Quebec. I was like, what fucking time is it? He's like, oh, it's like three o'clock in the morning. I was like, wait, that's impossible. How the hell did you get us here this fast? No word of a lie. It was sunrise when we're pulling into Montreal. This is where the story gets good. So Pete decided that he was going to drive this entire way. So he'd been driving for a good, you know, just burying the needle for a good solid, jeez, uh, seven, eight hours, you know. Oh, yeah. We decided to switch it up. Custom-made man, my tag partner, love him to death. He says, uh, I'll drive for a bit, no problem. I'll pick up the rest of it. Pete, you did this, I'm going to do the rest of it. I was like, great, cool, I don't have to drive. He hops into the driver's seat. We, uh, we, we, we start to take off. We are literally, and I'm not even exaggerating when I say this, we are 35 minutes into this drive, and Custom is asking somebody else if they can drive because he's falling asleep at the wheel. <laughs> so I'll give you two guesses as to who jumped up and jumped back on the wheel. And you'd be wrong unless you guessed my friend Otto Bond. <laughs> so this guy basically drove the entire time, had a 20-minute, you know, basically nap, got back on the wheel, and drove into Toronto. It took us 16 hours to get home that day. The same drive, same highways that took us 21 hours to get there, <laughs> took us 16 to get back. Oh, wow. I will never, ever forget Otto's ability to be able to drive as fast as possible when you consider that he is, you know, three and a half apples tall. Um, and probably if, if the seats didn't go as far forward as they did, we'd have to put blocks on his feet, like short round from, you know, <laughs> Indiana Jones movies. And, uh, yeah, yeah it's fun times, man. Fun oh, yeah. times. Any of the other ones, you're going to have to get me good and drunk and no cameras around. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and also speaking of air drinking, thank you very much for telling me which te tequila to, uh, start uh, drinking with because I think I'm moving from bourbon to to tequila now yeah it's easy to do which one did you pick up uh hornitos nice yeah. that's a good solid that's a good solid you know like a, uh uh it's not too expensive yeah. so you can get a taste for it you know what I mean and like I said if you do like if you do like whiskey and you like bourbons as well hornitos actually puts out a uh, a black barrel it oh. is, and what it's their tequila, but they age it in uh, in whiskey barrels. Oh, that would actually be really nice. So it's got it's it's a yeah. tequila, but it's got that it's got that whiskey back almost. You know oh. what I mean? Yeah. Afterwards, it's 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 quite nice. Yeah, it's I, quite nice. I like, I like to enjoy it every once in a while. I'm uh, I'm I'm Hornitos is one like that I'll have you know on like a Tuesday or something. Oh yeah, it's um. Well, as as people know who've been been listening to this, I was a restaurant manager, bartender, uh, whole works, and tequila was the only one I never really got into that much because 
Um, I would, I, I, I would always drink the cheapest of the cheap, the right. friggin' te, tequila with, uh, with a worm, with a worm in it, and it was not, just didn't, did not, did not sit well. Like, um, what did well, I that's try? the difference. That's when you went wrong. That's oh, yeah. where you went wrong right there. So the the stuff, so the stuff with, um, uh, with the worm in it isn't even tequila. Oh God. It's 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 called mezcal. Okay. Uh, so so indulge my nerdiness for tequila here for a second, please. Do it and up, I'll buddy. explain all of this to you. Oh, yeah. So tequila is like champagne. It can only be called tequila if it's actually made in the tequila region of Mexico. Okay. okay? Yeah. Everything else outside of that, just like champagne, can only be called champagne if it's made in that certain region. Everything outside of that, they call it sparkling wine. So everything outside of the, the tequila region, they call mezcal. Mezcal, the stuff that they would put the worm into it, that's that's a gimmick. It was always a gimmick, you know, because it was like, oh, you eat the worm and it's a blah, 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 you'll see things, and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, what you're going to see is your lunch coming back up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and, and what I find with, with mezcal is it's very smoky. It's got a very smoky burnt flavor to it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And, and and then on top of that, so you're you know you're a, a, a bar manager, uh, so you've got guys that are bringing in all of their rail stuff and everything for you, and you probably got like your polarized vodkas and, and and stuff like that. And your tequila was probably a a Jose Cuervo. Yep. <laughs> and your top, your top shelf tequila at bars back then, probably for most part, would probably be a Sousa. Okay. Right all of which are garbage. So unless you're drinking with a tequila, unless you're drinking something that actually says 100% agave, you're drinking shit. You might as well just be pissing in your own mouth because it's it's going to have the equivalency of just making you feel gross and sick. Yeah. Um, the reason being is because if it's not made with a... 100% agave, and agave is a cactus uh, that they get the sugars from. If it's not made 100% from that, then what they do is they can they can do a 49 to 51, 49 51 blend, and it's 49% agave, and that other 51% is sugarcane. Sugarcane is why that's the reason that when you drink shitty tequila like a Sousa or a Jose Cuervo, you know what I mean? And you're like, you know, at fucking Boots for Hearts or whatever like that. Mm -hmm. And you're just like, tequila, yeah, country music, boo-hoo. And you're just drinking garbage. And you wake up the next day on the ground in your tent. And you're going, what the f*** just happened to me? That's why. You've got a horrible headache because it's sugar. The agave, the agave plant is the lowest on the glycemic meter for any kind of sugar intake. That's why you see a lot of people that are diabetics and stuff like that, they'll use agave syrups uh, and agave sugars in, 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 in that instance because they can't have regular refined sugars. So if you're getting a tequila that has 100% agave, you're already one step ahead of everybody else. So always keep that in mind when you're going out and shopping for your tequilas is if it says 100% agave, cool. If it doesn't have it on the on the label, don't bother because it's not going to be good, right? Oh, yeah, because I like, I like enjoying drinks 
and I'm not yeah. a sweet, sweet guy. And I think that's why perfectly explained it why I didn't like to tequila before. Because I was always always just getting the shots off the uh, rail because I'm like, oh, what's the big deal between the five the four five dollar shot versus the eight the the eight dollar shot? Because I can't I I can't drink a Smirnoff Ice or any of those really sweet drinks because I'll wake up feeling like a bag of shit the next uh, next uh, next day. So that's well, why I. For the most part, all of those drinks, all of those mixed drinks, you know, those Smirnoff ices and those Woodies and those other, you know, the, 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 what, the hard lemonades and all of those mixed item drinks that you get like that, for the most part, they're made from the, the swill at the bottom of the barrels. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Uh, that, that they can leach out of the woods and stuff like that. So you're not getting the best stuff to begin with. All you're getting is the alcohol, and then they cover it all up with fruit and stuff. It's like, it's like when you go to the store and you 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 see the fresh chicken or you see the chicken that's spiced and seasoned next to it. Why do you think that chicken spiced and seasoned next to it is still being sold next to the fresh good chicken? It's because nobody bought the fresh good chicken, so if they cover it in spices and make it taste a little bit different, they can still get a couple of more days out of it. It's the same thing applies with alcohol, dude. So always remember, like, and, and, and I'll tell you, we'll get together sometime. Oh, yeah. When all of this stuff is over, we'll get together sometime and we'll sit down and uh, we'll go. There's a couple of places that I know of that have, like, some proper, proper tequilas. And we'll sit down and uh, uh, and, I'll, and I'll take you on a tequila tour. It is one of the, the most fun things that I get to do when I get to educate people on the, the, the loveliness that is proper tequila out there, man. Oh, yeah. And because it's – and one thing about me, I love learning. I always have, no matter what the subject is, no matter what it is. I like learning new stuff because um, I can talk to you about bourbons and scotches and whiskeys all day. But learning about something new, just fun. Right? Yeah, which I think it's uh, – I think that's kind of also a, a lost art. People aren't looking for uh, – to expand their horizons now they just kind of like and I mean that's what that's what I do now you know what I mean I'm yeah. I'm, I'm old as dirt I've been around since Christ was a corporal and uh, <laughs> that's you know really uh, where I'm at in my stage now is I just I, I teach now yeah. I want to teach now I want to I, I can I have I, I know one or two things um, they're surprisingly enough they're about alcohol and wrestling <laughs> it's really bad. Uh, hey man, <laughs> but those are I'm, the things that I know. So and, I'll take you out and I'll teach you how to. I'll teach you, you know, proper tequila, you know, and proper tequila etiquettes and all of that other kind of stuff. Or I can, you know, hopefully when this is all over, we can get people back into Crossbody Pro Wrestling Academy and I can teach them how to, you know, be better human beings. Uh, maybe not necessarily better wrestlers, but they can always be better human beings. Oh yeah, and also. I got to catch a, a couple of the Crossbody Showcase series, which is an absolutely phenomenal idea for a show. I uh, I love it. I love seeing the new guys coming up, with mixing them up, putting on new matches, uh, pairings you, you haven't seen before. Like, when I went there, I got to see uh, Senegal was there, Shogun was there, and... Uh, Mr. Ed well, Atlantis in a, well, a tag team match. I got to see uh, I got to see Tom, which is always 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 fun. 
always always so much fun seeing your friend your friend wrestle and yeah it's it's a pretty cool little atmosphere that we've got ben ben has done a uh, fantastic job with those showcase series uh shows um and you know and 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 that's really what it's what it's been all about since day one is giving giving people an outlet where they can go get they can go get reps in because you know uh, we talked about this earlier in the conversation when you go to a show and you're like oh man why are these guys why are they on this show it's like they're they're not even trained or they're you know they're not they're not as good as the other guys are and then you have to ask you well how do you get that way you know what i mean yeah. there's there's got to be a way to get there before you're put on the big shows so that you don't embarrass the business so to speak and you would think that like for the most part it's supposed to start inside of your training um but there's a lot of places out there that do training but they don't necessarily teach you know or have the ability to teach you know what it's like to wrestle in front of actual people that aren't the other people you train with um there's places out there that you know don't give you the ability to know what kind of etiquette you're supposed to have inside of a locker room. You know, there's, there's, there's specific places and specific people who actually train people. Um, and then those, those kids go out to a show and don't shake people's hands because they've never been taught those etiquette things. You yeah. know what I mean? They've never been taught how to conduct themselves inside of the business, but Hey, they got a kick-ass fucking entrance, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, so listen, we wanted to always be able to have a place for these kids, no matter, no matter what school they come from, no matter where they live, no matter where they train, we wanted to have a place that was, that was giving them the ability to get those reps in so that they can better themselves so that when they do get onto those bigger shows, you know, wherever they, wherever they come from, they'll be able to go out there and go, oh yeah. I've worked on it, you know, in front of a camera. I know how to work a hard cam. I know how to how to get my money shots in. I know how to work a crowd, you know, properly. I and still get my shit in, so to speak. You know, I know how to do all of those things. And I, one thing that we've always made perfectly clear is that there will not ever be any kind of drama, any kind of bullshit, any kind of politics, you know, that go on with any of those showcase series shows. Because it's about it's about these kids and these guys and girls being able to get reps in. It's not about who taught you or where you come from or if you know they don't like us or they have a problem with us for whatever reason. We've never shut the door down on anybody who wants to come in, who's got the proper attitude, who is willing to you know listen to the steps that 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 are, need to be taken and have respect for the people that you're sharing that locker room with and learn these little things that are going to help you when you're on the road. As long as they have the ability to be taught and stuff like that, I don't give a fuck what school you came from, but I just want you to get in there and get as many reps as possible, man, because that's, that's really what you're trying to do, right? You're trying to get, you're trying to get as much exposure as possible and get as good as possible. So the only way you're going to do that is to get into the ring as much as possible. So, and it's been a great thing. And Ben Ben Ortman's uh, my partner at Crossbody has done a phenomenal job with all of that. 
Oh yeah, and the crossbody shows are they tend to be on a Friday Friday night, which they're in on Ontario right now. There's not anything going on, but uh, there's normally not not a lot of wrestling shows on Friday night. So I'll make the drive. I think I've been to three three now. I'll make the drive the drive down after after work work to 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 Kitchener to see them because. They're fantastic shows, and it's only five five bucks. Yeah, yeah exactly. And and you well, you've only been to three of them or whatever, so uh, you yeah. know you can always go online onto the YouTube channel for Crossbody Pro Wrestling and check out all the other ones too, right? Oh, oh yeah, and uh, me being being the super fan I am, I I I I already have. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for oh, that. Yeah. And guys, uh, once again, go to the Crossbody YouTube channel and check out their stuff. They have full-length shows. They have individual matches set up there. Go check 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 out their uh, YouTube uh, uh, channel. It is definitely worth checking out. Go go like it, subscribe because sub subscribing actually helps everybody out, and it's perfectly free, right? Absolutely. All Thank right. you. All right. Uh, what, what do I got? I haven't even started. How you're the original podcaster in in on 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 Ontario? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Well, that's a uh, that's another fun one. Um, <laughs> so my uh, I do a I do a show now called uh, Godfathers of Podcasting. Uh, it's myself. Um. Canadian rap guy, uh, Danny O, um, mm-hmm. and uh, my old partner in crime that I started all of this stuff with, uh, uh, Big Daddy Donnie Abreu. Yep. And we started this stuff back on, so there was this thing coming out called, uh, it was online radio. It wasn't even podcasting. It was just radios, a radio station that you could get online Right, that had all of these different shows. Podcasting wasn't even called podcasting then. Um, and and inside of these shows, you know, he had put together all of these guys that he had liked to do these different types of shows. One of the guys that uh, he had gotten contact with was a gentleman by the name of Jeff Merrick. Uh, Jeff Merrick uh, is now, I believe, uh, this week works for Sportsnet. Um, very, 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 very dear friend of mine. Um, and, uh, he's a hockey analyst now done quite well for himself. Um, he was putting together a number of these shows. Uh, he had his own show that was on there along with, uh, Bob Makowitz Jr. And, uh, George Strombolopoulos, uh, Canadian TV icon, everything fame, that guy, yep. uh, they had their own show on there. Uh, and they had the idea of doing a, um, a wrestling show. They had asked Donnie uh, if he wanted to do a wrestling show on there. And within like seconds, uh, Donnie had asked me uh, if I would be interested in doing this show with him. I was like, yeah, I don't know anything about it, but fuck, I got a voice. I can talk. So let's do this, right? I can be a jerk. And so we did. And uh, we sat down. We sat down originally, I think, for like one week. The show was called Slam, the wrestling show. Um, And then we got a uh, cease and desist uh, letter from Slam Sports, 
uh, immediately, which coincidentally was very funny because they were right across the street from us. Uh, <laughs> and uh, and uh, yeah, they were like, you can't use that name. It was like, but okay, I guess not. You have more money than we do. Um, and we uh, sat down in the boardroom I started coming up with names, and I said, "What about like, what do we do?" I was thinking to myself, "What do we do? We are, you know, we're 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 airing this stuff live. Uh, we are a live audio wrestling show. We are live audio live audio the law. We're the law on top of all of this stuff. We are we are the law of this podcasting thing, this wrestling radio show thing. That that's us. Boom, done. That's the name, law, live audio wrestling." And then it, you know, just became this this huge popular thing um, that took off, you know, for many many years up until recently, um, you know, in its in its last uh, incantation was, you know, fuck, that's a long running show, you know, that uh, I was glad to be a part of. I think it got, you know, it got. Uh, I had left, I had left the show uh, because I was traveling with wrestling. Uh, way too much. I didn't have any time to dedicate to doing the show anymore. Um, so I left. Um, the guys went on, you know, th- to do some stuff on like Fan 590 uh, for a bit. Uh, we had sold everything to Fight Network owners uh, at the time. And then, um, yeah, it just, you know, it got really, really popular. So it was kind of cool to see, to see the name, you know, the law for so many, so many years and stuff like that. But realistically, I mean, we were all, we were all just a bunch of cowboys on this live radio station, internet radio station called Virtually Canadian that had like, like I said, me, George Strombolopoulos, Jeff Merrick, Bob Makowitz Jr., uh, Sid Sixero, um, Sid the Deuce, from uh, uh, I forget what TV sports station he is on here, and uh, he does baseball and hockey and stuff like that in Canada. Um, Caroline Bargoot, who is like a news anchor out in Manitoba now for, uh, on TV. Um, Headley Jones, who you know, <laughs> fantastic DJ for years and years and years, a world class photographer now, like. So many people came out of this one place, this one place called Virtual Canadian, um, that had, you know, uh, they had so much going for them, and it was run by just a complete fucking moron. <laughs> Sorry for that, <laughs> laughing, but uh, yeah, that sounds very, very cool because I've been, yeah. all right, I've been doing the podcast thing since 2016. I've been looking to start, I think, way back when in like 2013 when I first forayed into this this medium, right. I guess. Because, well, this was like 90, 95, 96, I want to say. Yeah. You know, when we were doing this, right? And 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 here's like they didn't even have any money for us. They didn't they didn't know how to even sell us. We're we're a wrestling show. All we do is just we're not wait, you mean they 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 wrestle on the show? No. Oh, they show wrestling? No. What, they just fucking talk about wrestling? What? That's that's the stupidest thing in the world. Who in their right mind would ever listen to an hour long, you know, show of just two guys talking about wrestling? Uh well, they didn't know how to sell us, so yeah. I went and sold us um, to our, you know, 
biggest sponsors ever, which as soon as they told me they didn't care, they were like, listen, you can get whatever sponsors you want. If you need money to cover this show, get whatever sponsors you want. We don't care. You keep the money, whoever you want. We don't care. I said, fantastic. And within a week after them saying that, I had a deal signed um, with a, a company called www.smutland.com. Uh, and that's right. Our entire show was sponsored by a porn site. Hey, man. I I was sponsored by the Love Shop for two years. So it's all good. <laughs> We had uh, video, like this was all like video, you know, they had one of these things, video, like uh, where they have uh, different rooms, I guess, okay. like a OnlyFans type thing, but this was all inside of one building. So we had some of these, some of these broads would come down and do live reads for, you know, for, for commercials for them inside of the thing. It was, it was the wild west of everything with radio and podcasting all put together because it was the internet and it was 96 and it was still all brand new man and back then there were no rules for 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 internet stuff right exactly all right where now it's like uh your your webcam might be watching you <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah exactly uh, well don't know why anyone would would want to watch me on 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 a, well, a webcam i just stare at the well, at the uh, laptop looking kind of blank so eh, who knows well that was one of the things too like when we came back to do this new one with godfathers and and donnie was like hey we're gonna do this um you know live with the video as well and i was like okay i don't know if you guys understand this or not but i've pretty much got a face for radio and a voice for newspaper um this is you know this is my thing i don't know if you want to put my face out you want people to watch this right yep so and <laughs> i think people have uh have been been watching it pretty 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 uh pretty well i i think your first nine episodes have uh, got more downloads than all of mine combined kind of thing but it's taken off pretty pretty uh pretty pretty well i i, I think well, thank you. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. So, you know, uh, for those of you that uh, don't know, you can go out to thegodfatherspodcasting.com and uh, check it out. It's a oh. lot of fun. And also buy buy their buy their uh, shirts shirts, uh, guys. Their logo is really really cool. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> because you know, money. <laughs> Capitalism. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, it works kind of sorta. All right. What else I got here? Uh, want to do the Gilmy talks uh, talks of uh, ten ten uh, real quick? It's just ten either or yeah. questions that are sent in by the the audience. All right, all right, let's go. Literally pulling them out of a out of a hat here. Pants or shorts? Shorts. Yeah, uh, pants suck. <laughs> uh, Judas Priest or Iron Maiden? Iron Maiden. Why does nobody pick Priest? Ugh. Well, funny story. Uh, living in Vegas, we very quickly living yeah, in Vegas. Dope. I used to play in a punk band. We used to go down to Phoenix, uh, Arizona, to play with a band down there called 50, uh, 5150 uh, that was from the area. And uh, Rob Halford used to come to the punk shows uh, down there with his boyfriend. Oh wow, that's awesome, man! I totally right. So cool. oh no, it's uh, I've been a fan of Priest since. Um... I heard Priest way, way back when. Always, always love those guys. 
But, but maybe, hanging out with Iron Maiden in a strip joint is just a different world altogether. Yes, and that'll be a bar time story one day. One day, one day. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, Facebook or Twitter? Uh, I'm old Facebook. Yeah, same. Uh, cake or pie? Oof. Uh, pie. Pie? Oh, pie is just so good and so versatile. Uh, yeah, cake sounds too much like cock. <laughs> slippers or barefoot? Uh, slippers. Same. Why is it you hit 40, you like slippers? <laughs> um, yeah, uh, it's, you know, because, well, here's the thing. So my slippers are actually, like, it depends. Because if I'm inside, they're called slippers. As soon as you step outside wearing said slippers, they're called moccasins. Yeah. I know. It's uh, me being on my feet for anywhere from 8 to 12 hours a day. Walking around without shoes hurts, and I don't know why. Yeah, exactly. Hey, getting old is great, eh? Um, <laughs> all right. Oh, this one will be fun. Shower or bath? Shower all day. Baths are gross, man. Why would you <laughs> want to wallow in your own fucking filth? Because you have sore legs and feels nice? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's another reason too. I don't fit into bathtubs. Um, I don't really fit into my current tub, but my previous one, we had one of those old school clawfoot tubs. It was wonderful. Yeah, yeah. No showers all day. Okay. Uh, night owl or early riser? Both. Sleep's <laughs> overrated. Oh yeah. Uh, hero or villain? <laughs> uh, that's somebody else's uh, story. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Um, I mean, if you if you if you ask my grandmother, she's gonna say I'm a um, a villain. Wait, grandma is, is saying you're a, a villain. All right. Right. Uh, see, uh, my mine was I was always the sweet the sweet little the sweet little 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 boy. Even though I'm 39 and she's she's passed, I'm still grandma's uh, sweet sweet little boy. Uh, I, 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 I rip. My, my, my grandma, I love my grandmother to death, my grandfather as well, uh, God rest his soul. And oh. uh, my family will always say, you know, very nice things because that's the kind of people that they are. But uh, uh, in reality, if you were to do a survey amongst 100 people, uh, most would say, um, most would say I'm a villain. Everybody who doesn't, isn't related to me would probably say I'm a villain. Okay. Uh, sunglasses or hat? Uh, why can't you do both, bro? Oh, yeah. Hey, man, these are just sent in. And this one is... So hats are, hats, are, hats are one of those, like, I'd rather do I'd rather do sunglasses, but the problem is, is I have to get prescription sunglasses because I'm, I'm blind, right? Yeah, same. I'm old, I'm blind. <laughs> um, and and hats, hats lately have just become a thing because, you know, haircuts. So... Yep. Yeah, but t- typically, uh, typically sunglasses. Oh yeah, and last last but not least, this one is always the the number ten uh, question, and I've had long rants and arguments about this one. Toilet paper over or under? Um, it, oh, it's always bangs, not mullet, dude. <laughs> there you go, buddy. Uh, <laughs> nope. Well, I like that one. Uh, just like. Uh, it's it's much like it's much like uh, much like me and every time I talk, over. Oh yeah. <laughs> and 
once again, thank you very, very much for coming on uh, Gilmia uh, Talks, man. And thank you. Yeah, yeah. No, this was this was uh, fun. I, I hope I didn't talk too many people's ears off. Ah, we're good. It's a well, uh, it's a uh, podcast. <laughs>